Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. Brought to you by, I would just say, Buttsprout for distributing my podcast. I would like to thank Apple Podcasts and other uh, platforms like Spotify and anyone that's downloading my podcast to the webpage or whatever it is that they download my, my, uh, my podcast from. So usually, for those who are first-time listeners, maybe you've listened to me a couple of times, I'm a person with a disability. I created this, um, this podcast for myself, so I have a avenue to process my thoughts and ideas, and I did it so that I would have a point of view for other people that have never had someone like me uh, interact with them. Or maybe they know someone who who is disabled in some form or shape, so they kind of have a kind of a understanding of what their friend or family is going through. However, I really haven't really talked about much about my own disability because it gets kind of it becomes a real redundant thing over and over and over again. So usually when I have my podcast, I have Sean with a sports guy. He and I go back and forth about Pac-12, Big Ten. College sports, uh, professional baseball, whatever, MLB, everything else that you can imagine. So he's my sports guy. Ron is my other guy that com- that comes to do- to do my podcast with me. He and I talk about life and being uh, some form of a disability. Uh, I kind of have him lead the podcast because it gives him an idea of what directions that we should go in our in our interview, or my interview with him. Uh, again, he's a little b- busy right now. Uh, life goes on. I usually put a podcast episode up uh, on every Monday with Sean or every Wednesday or Thursday with uh, with uh, with Ron. But however, I have, I have decided to move on without him right now because I wanted to at least be able to give the people who are listening to my podcast weekly an opportunity to come back and listen. That's how you create followers. So today, I was thinking about what to uh, what to talk about, or yesterday I was going to do it as well. But I decided to do it today, air on Tuesday. So if you listen to it, this will be a Tuesday episode. So I d- decided to uh, talk about Andrew Tate. And the reason why I decided to talk about Andrew Tate because I was watching another podcast, uh, PBD, which is a podcast that is uh, run by Patrick Bat David. Now, this guy is a really interesting guy. He's a military. Uh, uh, he did his military service in America. He used to work for Morgan Stanley and Trans-American Corporations. He then started his own PHP agency of financial services marketing company. So I've been watching this guy for a couple, for about maybe 10, 12 episodes here and there. I watch him a little bit. And I realize, I actually realize that he had an episode with him, with Andrew Tate. And I didn't watch the four and a half hour episode because I've kind of seen Andrew Tate at his best and his worst with interviews. 
and I can lose interest just listening to someone like Andrew Tate rant or kind of like complain or maybe be super duper opinionated. So I watched maybe a 20, 30 minute uh, episode of that, of, of, of Andrew Tate on PBD uh, podcast. And what I come to find out that he says a lot of things that make sense. And he says a lot of things that don't make sense. But I like to think that I'd like to look at back of his history as a person. So he's got an African-American father, Roy. Uh, his name was Emeril uh, Tate, uh, married to a white English lady, uh, had two kids, Andrew Tate and Tristan. And Andrew's dad, Emeril, uh, was a chess champion back in his heydays so knowing that and understanding that Andrew Tate's mom and dad divorced and Andrew Tate's mom took him took him and his brother to England away from his father and that kind of stuck in my head when I was doing a little bit of research about Andrew Tate and his over macho masculinity chauvinist personality towards women now, why do I mention that part about Andrew Tate, his mom taking him to England, raise him as an English uh, man or boy? Well, this is why. So, if your parents get divorced, obviously, a lot of us have parents who are divorced. Fortunately for mine, I was way too old to care about my parents getting divorced. Uh, and other reasons why. I won't get into that right now. But I find it interesting that his dad and his mom divorce, and he goes to England with his brother and his and his and his mom, and then for some reason I think he he kind of grew this hatred towards his mom for taking him away from his dad, and it kind of became a resentful thing about him, and he never talks about his mom positively. I've never heard him talk about his mom about positive things about what she did for him as a child or she comforted him or she made him feel good or had him chase his dreams and or anything like that. So everything I hear from him is about how great his dad is and I don't hear, hear much about his mom. So here I'm thinking, all right, so you got a kid who hates his mom, goes to England, becomes a kickboxing champion in 2009. And then he becomes a cele- uh, like a TV celebrity for about six days at uh, b- b- some British show called Big Brother in BBC or in Great Britain. He gets kicked out for for whipping a for whipping a girl or his ex girlfriend with a belt. And this is kind of where it starts. Well, let's go back for a second. His girlfriend at the time said that him whipping her was consensual. No. I don't know if you believe in SNM, sexual abuse or whatever, but usually when people, in my opinion, when they get aggressive towards sex or with sex, it's not really about sex. It's, become, it's more about power in itself. Now, again, I'm just going by what I've understood of what other psychiatrists and psychologists say about other 
criminals or sex criminals on any program that I watch on documentaries of different people like Ted Bundy or or uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or, or or whoever. So so that's where it really begins. Him whipping his girlfriend. His girlfriend says it's consensual. He basically manipulates any girl that he talks to, and then, and then he, with Harry, he defends Harry Weinstein for his sexual acts against women, and that in itself is really kind of disturbing, because he's a very influential person for young men, and. This is why I'm kind of surprised that, that this that this PBD podcaster or Patrick Bet David had him on the show or has him on the show or, or listened to him for five or almost five hours. So basically, I guess he listened to him for about for 15 hours and they had a conversation with him for that long. So him... And Andrew Tate sat down at Andrew Tate's compound, wherever he is, in Romania, wherever he at he is. So this is why I'm kind of surprised about Patrick Bet David, or PBD podcaster himself. So that's one thing about Andrew Tate. So he likes beating women up. He's very chauvinist, and he's an influencer for all these young American men. Now, this is how he wants to fix things up. He says that men have to be more respected. Men have to be more aggressive towards what they want, not what they wish. They need nothing's given to them anymore. So they have to be more of a personality where they can actually go after what they want. And it's almost to a point where he's where he means where take whatever you want at any cost available to you or to whatever, and it doesn't matter if you hurt someone's feelings, all right? However, Andrew Tate has an issue. I have an issue with the idea of what he's trying to say. Now, I think what he's trying to say is that men have to be stop feeling sorry for themselves, uh, stop acting like a bunch of sissies, uh, be more assertive to what you want. You can't always get what you can't have, but you have to earn for what you you have to earn it. And for someone like Andrew Tate, who's a kickboxer champion, and his dad was a a uh, a chess champion, he his dad probably taught him that if you're going to have if, if you want something, you have to go get it yourself. And one of the interesting things about Andrew Tate that he was brought up as a Christian and he has Christian values. Well, he was taught with Christian values about love and respect and helping others and because that's what a Christian thing is to do and help each other in any way and shape, form and possible. However, it's interesting that he by far throws that all out the window. And I wonder... If if his personality really fits what America really is about, he wants men to be more assertive. However, not everyone can be like and Andrew Tate. 
even Patrick Bet David questioned Andrew Tate. And he said, well, not everyone has that personality. Not everyone has that advantage of having a dad and a mom in the household. And his dad and their dad taught him the, the, uh, how to be more assertive and respected and so on and so forth. Now, Andrew Tate really does make some form of sense where he's about 10 years younger than I am. And he made a good point like where you don't want to dishonor your dad or your family's name. And that has gone away. And it is true, but I really don't think that's what it is, that dishonor someone's name. I don't remember growing up and saying, I, don't, I better not do this or I'm going to dishonor Doug's name or my dad's name. And I don't think my brother has ever been raised that way that you better do this or else you're going to dishonor our name. I, I just don't, I don't think Christians, I don't, I just don't think we were raised that way. I just don't believe that we were raised to say, well, if you do this, you'll be very ashamed of yourself and you should be ashamed of dishonoring me, your father. Now, my father did teach me that if you do something stupid, you're going to disrespect yourself and you're going to make yourself look more dumb. And that's very true. No doubt about it. Very, very, very true. And and it didn't take a super macho guy to tell me that. My father was a very level-headed person, very good at speaking, uh, he did give you the death look if you did something stupid in, in the public. Uh, I do think that, yeah, I think I do think Andrew Tate's right a little bit where sometimes you have to spank your child and make your child understand that you're not on his team sometimes, that it is mom and dad, and it's the child. And whatever mom and dad says, that's how it's supposed to go. Saying that, saying that, let's again. I have to rewind the, bu- the this button a little bit by talking about his mother, and she is profoundly respected person. She she did her own career in her f- f- field. I think she did something with cooking and catering or some business like that but I just don't understand the the 180 on this personality and I and I tell you the truth I don't know what his dad said I don't know what his mother said to him but for a man to go out of his way to whip his own girlfriend to tell people that women were there to serve men and it's our job to protect women financially. To a certain extent. And women should listen to men and women should be in the kitchen. I mean, that's like 1955 stuff. That's like 1950 stuff. That's something that you just can't believe. I mean, I just can't. I just don't understand where his right mind was thinking of that. And it just questions me. What 
if his mother was actually maybe the the enemy of the state. Maybe she really hated her husband or Andrew Tate's dad and said all the bad things about Andrew and Tristan's dad. And, you know, you, if you have kids and you get divorced, you, you should never back talk, back talk about your spouse in front of your kids because that's still your kid's father or mother. So, again, I'm going back to the thing is like, you know, if you sometimes I think men take a lot of a lot of heat for for not raising their kids, but I really do think that if a mother or the father is really abusive to the to the child, he or she can create hatred for someone of the opposite sex in as as they grow up. And that's something that I just people don't realize that in my eye point of view, like women are not always as great as they seem. You know, you can always flirt with every girl. You can make sweet talk to them. You can just acknowledge them. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, you, you think that you have a good end with a girl and she can blow you off in a heartbeat and you may not even realize why. And I don't know if that's true for me or that's true for everyone else. But I've noticed that I noticed that a lot of people, a lot of men hate women right now. And Andrew Tate is kind of a kind of the 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 face of masculinity or fake masculinity. Because you gotta understand a true man will will defend a woman no matter what. He will never raise his hand towards a woman, even if he knows he's right. He would never he just he just wouldn't do that. And I don't think it's really based on your Christian faith or your Muslim faith. I don't really don't think it's based on your Judaism faith. I think it's really based on how it's honored. He's like you have to and that's something that he talks about. Andrew Tate. Men have to have be more honored or people need to be more honored for to gain respect but to go out of your way to to so-called kidnap and manipulate women to move to us to Romania and then people are pressing charges against you for kidnapping that's not really honor that's not really respect that you know that's something that's really completely opposite of what Christians believe and I would say something like this as well. That because I'm not a Muslim, people say, well, you don't know what you're talking about because that's how most Muslims treat with their women as a as a part of the property or a less the value of what men are. But I read a Malcolm X autobiography. I read Malcolm X stuff. And I've never seen anywhere where Malcolm X says, that you have to beat your women, treat women like dog crap, and totally disrespect her in any shape and form. He almost made it sound like him and his wife were on the same team and they were doing this together. And what this together means to bring awareness to African-American people to be equal to, to the white community. I never read anywhere that he says he hates 
women. And for that, I just I just think that Andrew Tate is someone that's very you know, I don't even want to say he's confused because I don't think he's confused at all. He just has to prove to the whole world that he's King Cobra or whatever. I mean, it's like a guy that barks the loudest and then he gets slapped in the face and then he doesn't know what to do with himself because it hurts his face to hurt. It, it just hurts his face to do anything. Correct? So, I can tell you this. I think Andrew Tate, in my eyes, in my point of view, a lot of things he says are incorrect because I'm not the alpha male. I, I can't go run around and tell women what to do. Even if I made $100,000 a year, I'm still not physically attractive. And so women are not going to just like respect me. So his whole ideology is based on money, money, and money. As a male, support your wife, support your family, uh, have a big ego. But to tell you the truth, if I made a million dollars every year for the rest of my life, I, w- I, I would find w- women that would want to be my friend and my boyfriend simply because I have money. It has nothing to do with me looking like I'm anybody that I'm supposed to not look like. You know what I mean? So I'm not that look good looking, like I said before. So this, and to, tell, to be honest with you, Andrew Tate is a bald-headed man with a skinny head, with a big head, and his body is deportionized bigger than his head. And I maybe that's the thing. Maybe he realizes that women don't really like him at all physically. He's in the best shape of his body. He works out. He's very disciplined. He does everything that you're supposed to do as a man to keep yourself balanced. He probably eats real well. He probably is a very healthy person. Well, I shouldn't say that because I saw him on that podcast smoking a cigar. And I'm pretty sure smoking cigars are not healthy. But if you imagine me making a million dollars a year, then I can afford the nicer cars and wear nicer clothes. But women would not leave leave their husbands for me. They just wouldn't. And I think that's something that Andrew Tate needs to realize that most men are not alpha males. They're just not. That's why you have alpha males in charge of certain circumstances like the military or you have the best athlete play on your best on your team. Those are basically the alpha males because they're God-gifted talent. They don't need a lot of training. They just have it. They have something that most people can't obtain in a lifetime. They can try obtaining that in a, in a lifetime, but you can't get to that point. What I mean is like a lot of people like Elvis Presley, he just had it. He had a great voice. He had luck. He had something that everyone was looking for and everyone in the Hollywood copycat his facial structure. And everyone's trying to copycat that, but no one is ever going to be Elvis Presley. And all these personators try to be Elvis Presley, but they're not. So Andrew Tate needs to do the same thing. He needs to realize that most of these men are never going to be alpha males. And the problem that we really have with 
the situation that we have with men and women is this. It's not the fact that women are going to college and men are not going to college. It's the fact that back then, most guys would go to Ford, GM, factory work, and then then they, then they would support their family. And based on your income is based on what 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 kind of girls you would date. So if you know of a girl that was in high school that was dad was a doctor or a nurse or dad was a, a lawyer or whatever, she most likely would have dated someone like her father. She would never ever go down to the level of dating a guy that is a factory worker. And then it's just the way it was. And it's always going to be that way. But remember, all these guys who work at factories, they would date women that didn't care about if their husbands worked in the factory or not, as long as they were married to somebody that had the same belief system as they did. So that's the difference between yesterday and today. Yesterday, men and women could date each other based on their financial incomes. Poor people marry poor people, and wealthy people marry wealthy people, and middle class stay with middle class, and Christians and Jews and Muslims were all divided within each other, and they never crossed each other in, in the relationships. Now you see that more and more, but in reality, the w- what's really happening is that there's not jobs for men who are not highly intelligent, or I shouldn't say highly intelligent because there's a lot of guys out there that don't go to college that are very smart. They just don't care to go to a four-year school, and all they'd rather do is go to work, come home, have a couple of beers, uh, play with their wives, or hang out with their wives. There's better ways of saying that than play with their wives, but to hang out with a spouse and to raise kids. Some guys would rather do that than being a super intelligent doctor, lawyer, scientist. It's just not important to some guys. But women in that same era wouldn't mind that either. They're like, oh, I'd rather have my husband who's not super intelligent, that doesn't, that's not a workaholic that comes home, has pizza, goes to ball games with, my, with our kids, and all this stuff. But you don't have that no more. You just don't have that. You don't have jobs for men or for women who are just simple-minded people. And it's kind of like that it's kind of like that Leonard Skinner song. The simple man. And the simple man is a man that you know, he goes chases his money, chases his the cash. Uh you know, he 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 honors his mother, he respects his mother. He he then, his mother tells him to love life and find a woman, a good woman to, to marry and keep things simple. But things are not like that no more. They're just not. There's no, there's just no avenue for, for, for men who are just simple-minded folks. And we're making simple-minded men into a kind of a extinction of a, a reality. And I question, in some ways, I question companies and our own government for doing something to favorize the American economy. Like, let's be honest. If GM and Ford never left Detroit, they never left Ohio, and all these whirlpool 
products from from washers and dryers and whatever you buy. Just imagine if all those companies never left the United States. Our taxes would have been out of this world. We would have been paying about same amount in taxes as ta- as Canada is. About that 15, 17% income tax or sales tax or whatever tax that you can ever imagine. But in reality, would that really matter? Because because people are who are paying higher taxes but they're getting paid more. But now all these men where these whirlpool jobs in America, Ford jobs in America, GM jobs in America, and let's not forget about Chrysler. Chrysler used to be in America and Dodge used to be in America. So all these jobs that left if they've never left, so all these simple-minded guys would still have jobs and now they would get married and they would still be bitching about they should get raises and all that, but they would be married and having kids and raising their own kids. So in some ways, Andrew Tate should really blame the own these own American companies for selling out and going to Mexico or South America or wherever they go. And what's happening in Big Rapids right now as I speak, the Chinese is trying to buy land near Big Rapids and they made a deal with the Ford Motor Company to to so that they build battery batteries for for cars for Ford cars but in reality most people are thinking that what's happening is that China is trying to buy land in America and try and steal the land from America and Ford is allowing that to happen but in reality where Ford should go is to Detroit that that factory for those for those battery engine cars or those electric cars batteries that that the Chinese are are supplying to America to be built in America that shouldn't go to Big Rapids that should go in Detroit there's 5000 jobs i think that's what the the i think that's what it was about 5000 jobs and you're trying to go in the middle of nowhere Big Rapids, Michigan, and instead you could go to Detroit. How many times have I said that? I keep repeating myself, so I apologize to all my listeners. So there you have it. You get Andrew Tate talking about men not being macho, men not being masculated, and men not being smart enough to to do things, and they need to go attack stuff. But in reality... You need American jobs back. You need American people to believe in the American system. That's what you really want. You want like you want American companies to come back home. But you want to be more reasonable about the price, about the rate, about insurance. That's why these American companies are leaving the United States. And I didn't even touch on the UAW. And the UAW dictates 
the pension plans from all these employees at GM and Ford. It's just um, it's just ridiculous. So Andrew Tate has a bigger problem in talking about men being more macho. You can punch a hundred walls everywhere. You can punch a hundred walls in your house. You can punch a hundred people in your house or anywhere else, but that still doesn't help paying the bills. You just you need jobs. You need people to go back to work. You need people to have better insurance. You need better policies for American companies. You need the UAW in Michigan to renegotiate their their plan with Ford and Chevy or Ford and GMC. That's what you really need. So this Andrew Tate thing is all macho bullshit, in other words. And I'm kind of happy that that uh, Joe Rogan doesn't even have him on the show because it'd be ridiculous. I've never seen a person in my life get so mad about not being masculine or men not being macho. I've never seen that in my whole life. I just don't understand that. So the real problem that we have in America about men is that is that we just don't have jobs for simple men. And I think that, well, let's talk about one more other thing. The school system that Andrew Tate talks about, they're trying to make everyone into trans or asexuals or gay or whatever. And I really don't understand why schools talk about kids to kids about, about sexuality. I just don't understand that concept. I don't understand why a five-year-old or an eight-year-old or twelve-year-old needs to talk about sex and what a, and what a an orgasm is or what a a woman's clitoris is or or anything like that. I don't understand why we're teaching kids who are like eight years old about s- sexual identity. Or identity itself. Last time I remember when I was eight years old, I only cared about being a baseball player and playing basketball with my friends and playing football in the fall. I never once thought of myself as a sexy person at the age of eight. That's the kind of stuff that didn't run through my head until I hit about 14, 15 years old. And to be honest with you, it's kind of true. That, 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 uh, that no one cares about that sexual identity stuff. They just don't. Like, I lost my train of thought because here I'm watching baseball. But to be honest with you, I mean, schools need to stop talking. Public schools need to talk, stop talking about what a drag queen is or what a trans is or. Or what a woman's clitoris is. Or what a guy's penis looks like. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Andrew Tate's right. I'll give him that much. He's right. Schools shouldn't be teaching anybody anything about sex. It should be the parents. But to be honest with you, again, my parents never taught me about anything about sex. It was my schoolmates. It was my kids in, the, in my uh, neighborhood that we used to... Sneak playboys or penthouses 
or whatever it was. We found it ourselves. We didn't, I was 13, 15 years old when we were trying to find that stuff. So there you have it, 36 minutes. I would talk more, don't have much to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to try to repeat myself over and over again. I've lost uh, my train of thought once or twice already. So this usually happens when I start repeating myself. So thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre Podcast show. I know it's a little short and sweet, but this way I think that people uh, can get my point of view about Andrew Tate. Uh, Can't say much more about him. He's a bit of a clown. I don't know. All right. Peace, love. I'm out of there. Thank you, Buzzsprout. Thank you, Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Spotify, other other platforms out there. I'm out. Peace.